I think I've shared this before, but there's an element of celebrating Mass that it unexpectedly struck me more so than I thought it would. So throughout my six years of seminary, we got in the habit of going to Mass every day. We went to Mass every day. Um, and so when you do something every day, there's a habit of um, it just becoming a habit, right? Um, so we'd go to Mass. I knew all the words that were going to be said, so because I knew all the words that were going to be said, I kind of, like, admittedly, like, half listened, half paid attention. I knew what was going on. I said the responses that I knew I was supposed to say a lot of times without really thinking about it. I'd listen to the readings until, like, the thought brought my mind away. We didn't have missalette, so we weren't, didn't have anything to read. So I'd listen, and then we'd, I'd wander every now and then, give the homeless about 10 seconds to grab my attention, and then when that didn't happen, then I'd kind of wait until he would be done. Um, so I'm, I'm like, I'm there. I've, I've been on that side of, of the congregation. The struggles are real. Um, we're all easily distracted human beings. Um, but what struck me about celebrating the Mass that I'd never really, I'd, I'd heard the words, but the, like being up here and reading the prayers that are in the book, continually, every now and then, just strike me in a particular way. And I, that happened to me yesterday as I was celebrating Mass and I read the opening prayer, the Collect that began the Mass. I want to read, read it again, uh, because I think it's, it, it struck me very deeply. So in this, in this prayer, we prayed, we, we all prayed this prayer together, that God would increase the grace he's, that he's given us today, so that all would, would grasp and rightly understand by whose, in what font we have been washed, by whose spirit we have been reborn, and by whose blood we have been redeemed. Those three lines struck me, that we would all grasp and just understand in what font we've all been washed, it, by whose spirit we have all been reborn, and by whose blood we have all been redeemed. Those three things, our washing, our cleansing, our being reborn in the spirit, and our redemption by the blood of Jesus Christ that we would all grasp and rightly understand that. I think if we all would grasp and rightly understand that, like our life would change definitively. Like the moment we grasp that and understand it, that changes everything. What that speaks of is like not just, it's not just a thought, but it's an entire vision of myself and, my, and our entire vision of the world. And like that's not something that like we ordinarily come into contact with. It's not something material I can touch, like my redemption by the blood of Jesus. It speaks not just of a visible vision of the world, but a spiritual, invisible, sacramental vision of the world. What we're celebrating today, every Mass, but particularly these last eight days as we bring the Easter octave to a close today, is just that. That we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. That Jesus took all of that upon himself. He suffered everything for us. He saw us as a people who were in need of redemption. And he went through everything he went through for the purpose of grasping us and rescuing us from the hand of the enemy, from the, from the grips of sin and death, so that he might redeem us definitively. It's not just like a feel-good vision of the world. It's like a dramatic vision of the world. He saw people in need of redemption and suffered and died and went through the drama of rescuing us to offer us that redemption, that rebirth, that cleansing that our hearts are deeply longing for. That's like a, a, a very different vision of the world than we're normally presented with. 
The reality of that and the definitive foundational nature of that is not something we hear talked about, honestly, outside of churches or even a lot of times in churches. That definitive vision of like we were redeemed by the blood of Jesus in such a way that it changes everything. Being a disciple, being an apostle, being a a Christian is not so much about doing the things, but it's about living out of that vision of the world. And everything that we do comes out of that vision of the world, of our recognition, our grasping and understanding that Jesus Christ has done everything to redeem us, to save us, and to cleanse us, to rescue us. It's hard to live in that vision. Because like I said, that's not the vision that we're presented with. And that vision is the most important thing. That's what we're trying to grasp and understand. The vision that defines our life, that determines how I view my life. In the first reading today, we got a little glimpse of life in the early church. Right after all this happened, what did the apostles do? We got a glimpse of that. And I think the church lists up for us an incredibly important and influential element of our living out of that vision. The first reading said that the community, the company of those who believe, the community of believers... We're of one heart and of one soul. The community of believers, I think the translation here said one mind and one heart. There was a community of people together of one vision, of one mind and one heart. And I think the role of community is incredibly important and it influences our vision. Just like in my own experience, I can very easily say my vision of the world was in, like, in high school was defined by my community of people who I surrounded myself with. In college, my community changed because of the people I was around. In seminary, I had a, it, the, what, just being in that community, more so than the things that I actually taught and learned in class. I didn't teach. I don't know why I just said taught. The things that I was taught and learned in class. More so than that, just living in that community shaped my vision of the world, how I saw myself. All the things were just shaped by being in community. Jesus did not call 12 individual men to go and do their own thing apart from each other. Jesus called 12 men to come together to form a community of believers, and just there living with Jesus, more so than anything that he explicitly said or taught, I think, formed their vision of the world. And when Jesus left and he ascended into heaven, that community of believers stayed together. They never went out on their own. They formed little communities because the role of community forms the vision with which I see the world. This community, this church, was of one mind and one heart rooted in the vision that Jesus Christ had given them. And if we have any kind of hope of really living out of this vision, It's not going to be something that I can do on my own. It's not this thing that I do privately, individually, apart from the rest of my life. Because we we can't help but be impacted by our community. Our vision isn't, like, we can't not change our vision. We're assailed from countless directions by all kinds of different visions of the world that we're we're supposed to see what the most important thing is. We can't help that. And if we aren't intentional about living in a very uh, intentionally rooted Christian community, that's going to change us. 
We're going to lose the vision. We're going, to be, we're going to struggle to grasp and rightly understand by whose blood we've been redeemed and by whose spirit we've been reborn. It's essential if I'm going to be a Christian disciple, if I'm going to live out my Christian faith, it only exists within a community. It only exists if I have people who are holding me to that vision to keep me rooted in rightly understanding what the most important thing is. I think that's what strikes me about the, the gospel we hear about Thomas. Thomas was gone when Jesus came, and you can hear like the pain in his voice when he said, like, I'm not going to believe it all until I come, until I can put my hand in his side and put my finger in the nail marks. But Thomas stays with the apostles. He doesn't kind of go off and do his own thing, kind of let that separation drive him away. The other ten kept him there. They, they held him. For a whole week, Thomas had to wrestle with that. And for a whole week, those other ten apostles were intentional about staying in community with Thomas, reminding him about the reality of what had happened. And what that did, I believe, is that it prepared Thomas for his own encounter with Jesus. Because Thomas stayed rooted in that community, he was ready to receive an, his own personal encounter with Jesus Christ. When we're in community with other people, rooted in that, it prepares us, it opens us to receive divine love in a particular way. When I'm close and intimate and I have a, 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 an open relationship with other people, that community becomes like a school of intimacy with my intimacy with the Lord. The divine mercy, the divine love that we celebrate, that we remember today, our reception of that, that we might be disposed to receive that divine mercy, comes from our, our, our vision of staying rooted in the gift that he desires to give to us. As we celebrate today, as we come to Mass today, that's why we come together as a community. Because it's only in community that I'm going to be able to rightly grasp and understand the vision that Jesus wants us to live out of. As we pray today, as we come today as a community, I think that role of community is something we ought to not leave. How am I living out in my own life, concretely, as a Christian? Is it something that's just within my own heart, or is there a community that holds me accountable to that? Because the simple remembering of that once a week, I don't think it's, any, it's not enough to sustain us anymore. I need to have something and someone holding me grounded in this vision on a daily basis. Jesus called a community of believers, and he sent forth a community of believers, and that doesn't change today. May each of us individually encounter the Lord so that as a community of believers, we can be heralds to this vision, this witness that God has entrusted to us. We pray that through the grace and through the, the grace of his divine mercy, we might open our hearts to receive that beautiful gift, that redemption by his blood that he offers to us today.